This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. This hour, we've been talking about air conditioning. Not everyone in Chicago has access to central air. And the demand for window unit air conditioners will only go up as climate change makes our summers hotter than ever. So how will our electric grid keep us... How will our electric grid keep up with this rising demand for energy? One idea is to build microgrids. These are small, sustainable systems that power individual communities, and they're within the neighborhoods that they power. Now, earlier this year, ComEd got a $4 million grant from the U.S. Department of Energy to build a microgrid in Bronzeville. This is the first neighborhood-scale microgrid in the country. Joining us for this conversation is Francesca Matthews, contributing uh, contributor for Next City and Block Club Chicago. She wrote about the Bronzeville microgrid for Next City. Hi, Francesca. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, tell us about how this grid works, first of all. What does it include? Yeah, so this microgrid, the Bronzeville Community Microgrid, um, is a part of a microgrid cluster that um, was built by ComEd in conjunction with... The way it works, essentially, is in addition to having its own power generation... It's connected to the existing microgrid at um, the Illinois Institute for Technology, which is a larger system that was already in place that powers much of um, the IIT campus in Bronzeville. So by connecting this um, power generation site and battery storage site to the existing microgrid, it's able to expand coverage to all of the Bronzeville area powering um, residencies, commercial areas, hospitals, um, all throughout that neighborhood. Okay. And it can, can connect and then disconnect to the larger Chicago uh, electric grid at will. So there's a power outage that's, you know, citywide or covering large swaths of the area that Bronzeville is in. Um, this grid can disconnect from that larger system and be powered completely independently on its own battery storage sites, which use a combination of combination of um, different types of sustainable energy as well as natural gas. So you said it covers all of uh, Bronzeville. How many homes and businesses do you think this thing can power up? I believe, I'd have to look back, I believe it's about, it's in the thousands. It's, um, let me yeah. see if I can pull that up really quickly, but it's definitely, in, it's in the thousands. That's a, I mean, that's a lot, yeah. Well, it's in the, it's a large neighborhood. So. And, and so that we, we get this clearly, Francesca, what are some of the benefits of having a microgrid? Right. So one of the biggest ones is um, this issue called line loss. So there's some estimates that we lose almost 50% of the energy that we use to power our homes before it even gets to the, to the place it's going. Um, energy is very difficult to transport. So, you know, if you're powering your AC unit and you're in the regular Chicago electrical grid, you could be losing half of the energy that you need before it even gets there, which means the grid has to work harder to power your home, to power mm -hmm. all of those homes. And then, um, you know, in this conversation about air conditioning and sustainability, that means that in um, times of high demand, like summer, when everyone has their AC units on full blast, um, that means that there's a lot of energy being wasted and the grid is very strained um, to, you know, do those things that are essential. Yeah. There are solar panels in this microgrid, but also natural gas generators. How much more sustainable is this if we're still using gas? Um, that's a good question. I think it's my understanding based on my conversations with um, ComEd is that because it still does cut down on the amount of natural gas used, um, it is more sustainable. I think that 
um, there's still a lot of investment and um, work to be done in making these, you know, more solar powered. Um, I believe that this one is the natural gas resources that, that it can use are more of a backup. Um, and the majority of the energy for this microgrid is battery storage sites and solar energy. Um, but they also can work in conjunction with one another. So if natural gas prices are very high and supply is very limited as they are right now, um, the controller for this microgrid is intelligent enough to work that into the, the programming and switch to using more of its battery storage and more of its solar energy. Um, and then in times where perhaps those other um, energy sources are for one reason or another more strained, it can utilize more natural gas. Um, and I think as this technology becomes more widespread, those, those shifts to more sustainable forms of energy can happen. Can you tell us more about the people behind the Bronzeville microgrid? Like who came up with this idea? Yeah, so um, this is a ComEd project. It's part of um, a campaign of theirs called Communities of the Future, um, where essentially they're investing at a very local level to bring communities in Chicago and in the Chicago region um, into the future of sustainable energy. Um, they had a community council um, of stakeholders and residents throughout the Bronzeville area that were um, a part of sort of the community engagement process and um, providing feedback as to, you know, how can residents be engaged with this? What sort of things are um, needed and required for this to get the sort of community buy-in it needs? But this is um, a ComEd project. Mm -hmm. And I think what made Bronzeville attractive uh, for ComEd was um, in addition to the existing microgrid at IIT, which would make it easier and more cost-effective to sort of just expand that system. Um, you know, Bronzeville is a historic neighborhood that has, you know, for many years been um, on the forefront of social justice, music, culture. Um, so I think that there was uh, something that uh, the alderman in the area said to me was that, you know, there would be buy-in because residents are interested in these sort of projects. Yeah. What would happen, Francesca, if more neighborhoods adopted this model? You think? Yeah, so, I mean, that's ultimately the goal um, from everyone I spoke to in Bronzeville. Um, I just look back at the story, and it's it's definitely, it's over a 1,000 homes, uh, businesses, and public institutions. So we think about Bronzeville, which is a pretty large neighborhood. If there were microgrids all across Chicago, it would mean that every every Chicago neighborhood had the ability to operate on an independent, sustainable energy system. So, you know, if we wow. had the larger Chicago grid, that could be functioning. And then in times of high stress, like we saw, you know, in the last week, the Rogers Park neighborhood could switch to its own microgrid. And so, you know, a, a nursing home could be um, cutting down on their line loss, having more localized energy. And um, even within the grid, it's my understanding that as these technologies develop, they can um, be concentrated to even more specific areas. For, for example, in the Bronzeville neighborhood, there's the IIT grid. And then um, the community microgrid, the battery box, is a few blocks away. So yeah. power can be shifted throughout the grid um, more precisely to, you know, target areas where if there's a hospital that needs most of the energy, um, those those sort of decisions can be made. Well, can you and it would, yeah, it would change the game. Well, can you talk briefly about any drawbacks there could be to, to microgrids, Francesca? Because I know Texas runs on its own power grid. And that became a problem when they had that massive ice storm in 2020. Remember that? Right. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm also still learning a lot about this. Um, most of the, in the Bronzeville scenario, a lot of the drawback is that 
these technologies, I mean, they're, they're new. They're, I mean, to build a microgrid from scratch to get those, that sort of startup, start, startup going, um, it's expensive. It's sort of um, can be complicated. Um, but as far as the, um, the other drawbacks, like similar to those of the ice storm in Texas, it's yeah. my understanding that, um, you know, there's not, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of drawbacks at the moment, as long as um, the microgrid that's existing is, you know, working with um, the existing electrical grid, and it's not a situation where um, it's totally independent and it's, you know, not in any way in communication with the other power systems in the area. We got just thirty seconds here. I know Bronzeville's not stopping there when it comes to sustainability, not just microgrids. Quickly tell us any other sustainability projects that they have in the works. Yeah, so um, Comed's starting to build a few electric charging stations along some of the major thoroughfares in Bronzeville. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the article, um, Alderman Dowell told me that, you know, she's hoping that they can, there can be just an increase in electric vehicles um, and just an overall wider community awareness of, you know, how accessible these things can be. Mm-hmm. And especially with support of um, people in the area, you know, there can be these projects can can keep building on themselves. And uh, the interesting thing about this is many of them are that once you have a microgrid and you have this ability to power independently, other projects can be attached to that. So um, there's just a ton of potential in the area. That's Francesca Matthews, contributor at Next City and Block Club Chicago. Thank you for coming on the show, Francesca. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.